This is The House Call. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into The House Call podcast. I'm here with my guy, Smee, and I'm here with my guy, Ernesto. And we're going to talk about all the latest news around the NBA today. we got some crazy injuries, unfortunately. We've got some teams that are on the upswing. We've got some teams that are on the downswing. Bunch of other news, but first, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code, the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. My personal favorite hydration supplement. I know I need it here bad in Maui. Super humid out here. I'm always sweating. I need to replenish those electrolytes, and I do that using Liquid IV. So let's get into this NBA news. The first thing we're going to start off with is very, very unfortunate but also very, very predictable. Anthony Davis, injured right foot. Sounds like he's going to be out for a month. We also just heard a, a, an announcement from Woj on Instagram today that uh, he has a stress injury in his right foot and the pain has subsided in recent days, but he's expected to rest for another seven to 10 days and then have it reevaluated to see if he can return to play. Um, there's, there's hope that he doesn't need a procedure or anything like that, but Anthony Davis, man, we, we see him get hurt basically every year, and it's super frustrating because when he's in there, we saw him when he was in there, he was having a historic stretch. And I got to give credit to our boy Ethan because I, I don't know if it was last episode or a couple episodes ago, we were talking about the Lakers, and we were talking about if Anthony Davis could stay healthy, if he could do this, if he could do that. And Ethan was like, man, that's a big if, if Anthony Davis could stay healthy because he doesn't stay healthy very often. And sure enough, a few days after that, Anthony Davis hurts his right foot, and man, he was going off 27 and 12 with two blocks on 59% shooting. And right now the Lakers are sitting at 13 and 18. They're not doing so hot. They're 13th in the West, but they're only two and a half games of the play-in tournament. So Smee, I'll start to you with this one, man. How does it affect the Lakers? How does this injury affect them, uh, their their chances? Well, if you look at the Philadelphia game, they, when Anthony Davis got a foul trouble, they had to play LeBron at the center position. Mm-hmm. And that he was guarding Joel Embiid. That's not a good matchup you want to have. I wasn't a big believer in the Lakers anyway. Like you said, they're like well below 500. Now with Anthony Davis out, that's pretty much the nail in the coffin for the Mm -hmm. Lakers this year. Obviously, they could turn it around. They have some players, but this roster isn't constructed that well. They need a three-point shooting in the offseason, and they go go out and get a guy like Patrick Beverly. Not the best three-point shooter. Russ off the bench has been better, but still, if you pay attention to the games, he's still making a good amount of mistakes out there. Mm -hmm. Like in the Celtics game, he threw. He took some bad shots in overtime, some bad jump Horrible. shots. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. Thomas Bryant isn't a terrible player. Thomas Bryant can play a little bit, but definitely not an Anthony Davis. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's uh, if you guys watched any of that Kings game the other night, uh, the the Wednesday night Kings game, Sabonis in the first quarter with Anthony Davis out had ten rebounds, and he ended the game with twenty one rebounds. So. Like you said, like you said, Smee, I mean, Thomas Bryant, he's a good player, but like he doesn't bring defensively what Anthony Davis brings. Damian Jones doesn't bring defensively what Anthony Davis brings. Can, yeah, that's true. Exactly. Like he, he is the entire key to their entire defense. Like he keys in that entire thing. So Ernesto, I'm going to ask you, man, like, can, like how did the Lakers survive? Like, can they survive, even survive without him? Fuck no. <laughs> Fuck no, they can't survive without him. I remember we did uh, an update about a few weeks ago. We were like, is Anthony Davis uh, MVP caliber? I said, yes. If he keeps putting up these 30 points, 15-plus rebounds a game, even if he declines to 25 to 28 points a game, he'll still be an MVP caliber player. But it's whether he stays healthy. I called it. We all talked about it. I said he's probably going to get hurt in the next couple weeks. Me and Ethan jugged on it a bit when we did the update. Mm -hmm. 
look what happened. They got hurt. Yeah. Um, I think the Lakers, the main problem with the Lakers is that you let LeBron dictate how your team wants instead of letting your president or GM do what they know what they could do. This is why you don't play with friends. I mean, LeBron wanted Westbrook. You got Westbrook. How's that panning out for you now, bud? You're paying a guy $48 million to just shoot bricks. He's <laughs> brick house. He's making a brick house, basically. <laughs> yeah, um, for real. Um, and honestly, you gave up so many players that you could have had some good role players for Russell Westbrook. Uh, Caldwell Pope, Kuzma, even Kuzma. Even though he had ego because he was really good his rookie year, he was still willing to take a backseat role and be a role player. Mm-hmm. I don't think they bounce back. I think they better hope they stay close to that play-in uh, with the with Anthony Davis out. So when he comes back, if he's anything how he was before, they still have a chance, but yep. it does not look good. Yeah, it's not looking good, man. Like, LeBron's been playing his ass off lately. He's five straight games with 30-plus points for a guy who's about to be 38 next week, you know, and they're 3-2 and in those games. Like, before, if LeBron was in his prime and he's got a solid supporting cast around him, he scores 30 points in a game like they were winning that game most of the time. And now they can't win those games because, like we talked about, that defense just isn't there. They gave up 134 to the Kings, who are a great offensive team, but 134 is not going to cut it. you got to play better defense than that. You know, when you're relying heavily on Austin Reeves to be your third or fourth best player, like that's not going to cut it. You know, you got to have you got to have a better supporting cast around them than that. And they just don't have that right now. So and we talk about this every week, man. Lakers, you got to make a move. Your roster sucks. You got to go get Bogdanovich. You got to go get somebody because your roster is horrible right now. Well, so they, you got to you got to go make a you got to go get another piece. They tried to do that with Russell Westbrook last year. And because they were the playing they were a playing team during the 2020-2021 season. Mm-hmm. And it blew up in their faces. Yeah, and, and and now now that they're struggling, it's pretty much over for them. Well, not over for them, but they don't have a foreseeable future. Yeah, it's their tough. future is traded away for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, they're gonna have to um, they're gonna have to grit this season out for sure because I don't I don't know how it's gonna go, and I don't know why they decided to go get Westbrook after that 2021 season anyway. Like they were hurt that whole season, and that's the only reason they were in the play-in, you know. And then the only they were on the verge of beating the Suns that year, and then Anthony Davis got hurt again. So like they they weren't that far away. They didn't need to make a drastic move to go get Westbrook. So yeah, they. Lakers organization, I don't know what you guys are doing. Kuzma's looking pretty good right now. And, yeah, and I heard rumors that they're looking about trading back for him again. We talked about that last week. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. But we're talking about the Lakers. We'll talk about the team who they played in the 2020 Western Conference Finals, and that is the Denver Nuggets. And we got to talk about Nikola Jokic, man. This guy is going – like, this guy – this dude is unbelievable. Like, last Sunday against the Hornets, 40 points, 27 rebounds, 10 assists on 50% shooting. Wilt Chamberlain is the only person, other person in the history of the NBA to have that, that type of stat line. He currently has them atop the West without Jamal Murray even playing great. And then Tuesday, they beat the other top team in the West, Memphis Grizzlies, without their second and third best players, that being Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. So Nikola Jokic, we got to show him his love, man, because he's playing, he's playing his ass off. Nikola Jokic is playing great basketball right now. So to me, I'll ask you this question, my man. Should he be in the MVP conversation right now? I think he already was in the MVP conversation before those games. Mm-hmm. He was not. I, th- I believe he's number three in the power rankings right now for MVP behind Tatum and Giannis. I think I just saw the most recent, and he was two ahead of Tatum. It was Giannis one, and then uh, Jokic two, Tatum three. Yeah. Well, the thing about the game where he twenty-seven rebounds, he had twenty of them in the first half. Crazy. And if you do the math, you'd be on pace for forty if you played the same level the next 
in the second half. Right. And, yeah, Jokic is an amazing player. Obviously, the West is wide, wide open right now. It's the Wild West. Mm-hmm. You know, the Nuggets are one of the best rosters in the West right now. Mm-hmm. They're obviously on top of the seating. Uh, out of all the teams, other than, let's say, the Suns and the Warriors, they're up there with experience compared to all the other teams in playoffs. They got some guys. Jokic is obviously one of the best players in the league. I, I see him as underrated to players who aren't Nuggets fans, and Nuggets fans have him overrated. But Nikola yeah. Jokic is an amazing player. Yeah. Yeah, I think he I think he would be getting even more consideration if he didn't win the last two MVPs. You know, I think I think the voters start to get fatigued as far as those MVP awards go. And yeah. I think I think they are especially when it's a player who's not like a historic player. Like Jokic is a really, really good player, but he's not like a LeBron or a Jordan or a Larry Bird, you know. So it's gonna be hard to give a player like that three straight MVPs. So I think they've got a little bit of that voter fatigue with him right now. Same thing happened to Giannis, he won two in a row and Doris Burke said it earlier in the season that you win two in a row, you can put up the same numbers the next year. You got to do something even better to win a th- win a three-peat of that MVP trophy. 100%. I agree. Yeah. But you touched on it a little bit, Smee. Like, the, the, the West is wide open. So, you know, there's no real clear-cut contender. Like, the Warriors are struggling right now. Like, Clippers are, are real banged up. Spot. They could win it all. Honestly, I could see that happening. If they I, get hot at the right time. They could, but they've got a lot going on right now in that organization. Yeah. It's gonna I think it's gonna be a lot tougher for them to do it this year because they're they I mean, Curry's even out. with even with Curry there, even with Curry there, they were struggling, you know, they were under five hundred. But Ernesto, I'm gonna go to you, man. Um, do you think the Nuggets are a finals contender out west? Like what do you what do you see them doing playoff wise? I think they're a finals contender. I think it's never been a question that they've been a finals contender. When you have Joe Kitch, you have Jamal Murray, you have Michael Porter Jr. and you have that young core that's just so versatile and so good I don't think it's a question about it mm-hmm. um and I think Jokic is probably one of the most uh, even though he's won two MVPs I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA because no one ever talks about him yep. and, I, and the mo- part of that is because of where he plays he plays in Denver which is a small market team they don't have a lot of the media that they see like you'll get in LA you'll get in Houston you'll get in Dallas you'll get in Boston you'll get in New York you'll get in Florida you know you don't get those type of media outlets um it doesn't surprise me that Jokic is putting up these numbers because he's that good. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not that many seven-footers that could shoot the three balls good as him, shoot the mid-range as good as him, pass as good as him, rebound as good as him, scoring. Like, does everything. He does everything. He's not the best defender, but he's a formidable defender that could defend really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he wins the MVP because, again, winning a three-peat is one of the hardest things to do unless he's putting up 30-plus points a game, 15-plus rebounds. I don't yeah. see him winning the MVP. It's going to be close. Right now, he is at 25 points per game. He's at 11 rebounds per game. And he's at nine assists per game. So I think if he could get to that triple-double and they get that one oh, seed yeah. in the West, it's going to be really hard for if people to he, not give him the MVP. If he averages a triple-double for the season, he's winning MVP. Because if you're putting 20-plus yeah. points and you're averaging a triple-double, that's ridiculous. Especially, like, it was ridiculous when Westbrook did it. But imagine, yeah. when, a, imagine when a seven-footer... A center is doing a, it. A seven-footer does it, and he's got, you know, right now they're tied for the best record in the West with Memphis. So if they get the best record in the West and he's got a 25-point triple-double, I think that's where he gets the MVP. But right now, if I had to vote, I'd probably still give it to Giannis. He's on the best team in the league. He's averaging like 30 and 11. Like, Giannis is going crazy. And honestly, last year, I probably would have voted for Giannis too. But just because, I mean, I think he's the best player in basketball. I was an Embiid fan last year. Last yeah, year, I was what an about Embiid fan. He's averaging 33 this year. 
You could, yeah. He's just missed some games. That's my only. That's my only yeah, issue with him. Bad start. Yeah, missed some games in there. I think they're down what fifth, fifth in the East right now. So that's my only issue with Embiid. But I mean, Tatum's still in the conversation. And Tatum lost up. like five Tatum, in a row. Tatum's still in the conversation. There's there's tons of good MVP candidates this year, man. We got a lot of guys going off. We'll 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 talk about even more of them. Um, but yeah, as far as the Nuggets being a contender, I th- I definitely think the Nuggets are a contender. They're, the West is wide open. We saw them make the conference finals in 2020. And anybody who was watching that that bubble uh, that bubble conference finals saw how, you know how re- legit they were in that conference finals. Like the Lakers, if Anthony Davis doesn't hit that crazy three buzzer beater, like that game, that series probably going six or seven games. So um, Nuggets are legit. In the last two years, they just haven't been healthy. But now that they're healthy, they got Jokic playing at a high level. If they can get Jamal Murray starting to play at a higher level, coming off the injury, he hasn't playing been playing as at at he hasn't been playing at as high of a level. But if he can get to his old level. Like, the Nuggets are going to be dangerous. So I think they got just as good a shot as anybody out West. But we'll transition to a team who's got just as good a shot as anybody out East, and that's the Boston Celtics. Although, they have been struggling lately. One in five in their last six games. Now they're 22-10. and 10, Still a great record, but they're second in the East behind the Milwaukee Bucks. And they've got losses to Orlando twice at home. They've got a loss to Indiana at home and then road games to Golden State and the Clippers. And the only game they won in their last six was that crazy game we talked about last week against the Lakers. So, to me, I'll go to you first on this one, man. What do you think's been going wrong with the Celtics this last uh, this last week and a week and a half? Well, what's been going wrong is the same thing that was going right to start the season. The other guys outside of Tatum and Brown, they're shooting the three so high and so mm-hmm. well. Derek White, Sam Hauser, Grant Williams, Al Horford, all those guys, they've been struggling. Mostly Derek White and Sam Hauser have been shooting the same mm-hmm. since. Oh, and also Malcolm Brogdon, I forgot, he's been playing ridiculously well. Not really, la- not really last game, though. Those guys haven't been making good decisions. Derek White looks like he's all in his head. He's, he's, making, he's not really making any shots. He looks scared to death to make a mistake out there. Tatum has been okay. Brown has had some stinkers every now and then. He looked bad against the Magic. He looked even worse against the Pacers, even with those two days off. Mm-hmm. The Celtics are not in a good space, right? in a good spot right now. But tonight, they play the Timberwolves. Rob's sick, but they have no Carl Anthony Towns. Yep. It should be a winnable game, but the last three games were winnable games. Mm-hmm. Tatum, yep. Brown, set the set the tempo for the Celtics, and you should be good. The Bucks have been struggling too. They just lost uh, two days ago as well to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They lost by forty to Memphis too. Yeah, mm-hmm. they've been dealing with some injuries too, though. Chris Middleton. Yeah, Middleton's hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connaughton was out to start the year. Joe yep. Ingles is coming back during Christmas, I heard. Joe Ingles is coming back. Yep, they got some guys coming back, but. Yeah, like you said, on the Celtics, like they're in a little bit of a shooting slump. I went through their shooting numbers. Obviously, we talked about it a little bit. We, we talked about it a little bit uh, a few weeks back. They're, they were like close to a team 50-40-90. Like they were 50% from the field. They were shooting over 40% from three, and they were like 87-88 from the line. So those numbers, like those are ridiculous numbers. Like those numbers weren't sustainable. And sure enough, they've gone into a shot. Sh- dropped a 10? Yeah, for real. Yeah, they, they and, and I'm about to get into the shooting numbers they've had the last six games. So... Indiana, they were 13 for 41 for three. That's 31.7%. Orlando, the Orlando first game. Awful. Orlando, the first game, they were 12 for 47, 25.5%. Orlando, the second game, they were 11 for 46, 23.9%. The Lakers, the game that they won, they shot well, 19 for 48, uh, 39.8%. And then they went to the Clippers, 9 for 39, 23.1%. And then Golden State, they were 12 for 40, which is 30%. So they've obviously been struggling from that three-point arc. So, Ernesto, I'll go to you now, man. Do you think they turn this around, and how can they turn this around? Um, yes, I think the Celtics do turn it around. Um, I don't 
let small slides like this dictate anything, especially after last season. Mm -hmm. um, going into the All-Star break, the Celtics were the 11th seed or like 10th seed. They were shit last year. They turned it around after that. They went on a historic run. I think they only lost like, what, 10 games, I think, for the whole second half of the season. There's this page I follow on Instagram, and he posted a lot of videos of defensive breakdowns. Uh, Brogdon just standing there, and the guy does a back uh, backdoor cut. It's a reverse layup, two points right there. Jalen Brown and Brogdon have really struggled defensively the last few weeks. Um, and I think you need to focus on defense. Uh, that's, I think that's where you miss Ime Doka, e even with everything that's happened with him. You miss him because he was such a good defensive coach that you you could still be having this historic scoring output and you could be maybe even destroying teams. Like you could be holding them to like oh 80 God, points and like and like scoring 140 points on them if you wanted to. Yeah. Joe Mazzula already said at the start of the season he's gonna focus on offense. He wants to score a lot of points, he wants to focus on offense. Defense wants championships, man. Speaking like, of Joe, the timeouts are bad now. They're really bad. You gotta start calling timeouts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then and like you guys talked about, the defense has been struggling a little bit. They allowed 95 against Orlando, uh, but the other five games they're averaging 117.6 in those other five games. That's not good enough defensively. So we'll transition from the Celtics to another Eastern Conference team. This one has been going in the opposite direction of the Celtics, and that's the New York Knicks. They had an eight-game win streak going until it was snapped Wednesday, and it took Pascal Siakam dropping 52 points to snap the Knicks' eight-game win streak. Uh, but eight games, the New York Knicks, very impressive win streak. The schedule was a little bit light. Uh, they played Cleveland, which is a good win. Then it was Atlanta, the Hornets, the Kings, who are a good team, the Bulls twice, and then Indiana and Golden State without Curry. So a little bit of a light schedule, but it's been a, an, an impressive run for the uh, for the New York Knicks. Tom Thibodeau's doing a good job with that team over there. They got some, some, some solid players. I don't know if they have any superstars, but they got some really solid players over there. Ernesto, what do you think, man? Do you think the, uh, do you think the Knicks are for real? Um, it's hard to say because the Knicks, I feel like every year they have this run where they win to nine, 10 straight, and then they just fall off mm -hmm. They're I think they're a borderline playing team. Maybe could upset one playing team, maybe could even upset a first round, but I don't think they're that of a threat. I don't think they're a threat to the Bucks. I don't think they're a threat to the, even the 76ers who have been struggling. I don't think they're a threat to the Celtics. I don't think they're a threat in general. I, I'll, I'll take the dysfunctional Nets to beat them in a seven-game series rather okay. than trust them. Jalen Brunson's been playing out of his mind, but Jalen Brunson is nothing more than, we think, just a, 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 a starter or maybe an all-star caliber starter, but he's not a superstar. Like, And that's what the Knicks team is. It's a bunch of just really good players. It's not... There's not that one guy you could give the ball and like take over in the fourth quarter. You're not scared of anybody on the Knicks, that's for sure. There's no one. There's no one on the Knicks that scares you. They got three solid players, like you said. Jalen Brunson's having a really good year. 20 points per game, six assists, 40 percent shooting. You got Julius Randle. He's having a good, another good year. 22.5 a game, nine boards, 46 uh, percent shooting. And then R.J. Barrett, he's having a solid year too. 19.7 a game, five boards, only shooting 42 percent. But you got three guys basically averaging 20 a game, and. You know, that's that's a good recipe to, to have some success. But like you said, for me, there's about six or seven teams I'm taking over. Um, I'm taking over the Knicks. I'm taking, obviously, the, the teams that you talked about. I'm taking Boston, Milwaukee. I'm taking the Nets. I'm taking Philly right now. I'm taking, I'll, I'll still take Miami right now, even though that they've been struggling. I'll take Atlanta right now. I'll take Cleveland, obviously, right now. 
So that's seven teams just off the top of my head that I'll take over the Knicks. Like if any of those seven teams play the Knicks in a playoff series, I'm taking those teams to beat the Knicks because the Knicks just don't have enough. Like they have three solid, you know, like you said, maybe borderline all-stars, but just really good NBA players on their team, but nothing like there's no one you're afraid of. Like it's like you go into a game against the Bucks, you're like, oh shit, we gotta face Giannis, you know. Even now, you go into a game against the Lakers, like, oh shit, we gotta face LeBron. The Nets, oh shit, we gotta face KD. You know, the Celtics, oh shit, we gotta face Tatum. Like they don't have like no one's like, oh shit, we gotta face Julius Randle. You know, like uh, <laughs> like no like ain't nobody afraid ain't nobody afraid of Julius Randle. With all due respect to Julius Randle, but no one's really afraid of Julius Randle. So. Uh, we just talked about Brunson and Randall. Like, do you think you, you talked about it a little bit? Like, do you guys you, do you think those guys can make an All Star team? Julius Randall did into it last season when he was averaging like twenty plus a game, and like he was going insane last year. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think there's too much talent in that East for him to be sneaking in. I mean, you paid a lot of money to get him. You paid a lot of money to get Jalen Brunson. You paid a lot of money to build this team of just honestly, like, man, I don't know, like. He refused to give the draft picks to get Donovan Mitchell, and he went, like, that was the big thing. I think, I forget what it was. I think there was a thing. And even Donovan Mitchell has come out and said he thought he was going to the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, nope. They backed out of the deal, I think. I think it was, like, too many picks, or they didn't want to give up R.J. Barrett or something in it. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, I think it was, they 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 wanted, like, an extra first-round pick, I think, and the, the Knicks said no, and now... Look how that's working out. Donovan Mitchell's leading the leading the uh, leading the Cavs to the three seed in the in the East right now, and he's going off, averaging thirty a game. You know, so the Knicks fumbled the bag on that one, that's for sure. But uh, we'll transition real quick. We talked about Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle being all stars. Well, there's someone who thinks that they both are, and that's uh, New York Knicks color comment, color analyst, and that's Wally Zerbiak, and he went off for no apparent reason on Tyrese Halliburton after. The, the Knicks beat the Pacers, and Halliburton missed the game-winning shot. 18 seconds left. Step back. Mr. Supposed wannabe fake all-star with the big miss. Last chance down three for the wannabe all-star. Let me keep it that way. He's in his second year. He's a very good player. He's not going to make the all-star team. A guy like Julius Randle or Dalen Brunson will make it over Tyrese Halliburton. Third Tonight we saw why. Yeah. Oh, it's his third year? Third year, yeah. Yes, you're right. Okay. right. And Wally Zerbiak went off and said... Tyrese Halliburton's a wannabe all-star. He said it twice, and he said guys like Julius Randle and guys like Jalen Brunson should be an all-star over him. And Ernesto, if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on this one real quick because listen, Wally Zerbiak was a really good NBA player. He averaged 14 points per game for his career. He had four seasons over 17 and a half points per game. And at one season, his career high, he averaged 19 a game. So if you average 19 in the NBA, you're a good NBA player. You're you're a really good NBA player. He shot 40% from his career from three. And since he said it too, he's also walked back the comments on Halliburton saying he's quote a wonderful young player and, and you know he's he you know he is definitely all star caliber and uh, it sounded like he was just kind of trying to prop up Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. But listen, Wally Zerbiak, Tyrese Halliburton is one of the best point guards in the league right now, young or old. He's one of the best point guards in the NBA right now. He had a three game stretch earlier this year where he had 40 assists and zero turnovers. 40 assists and zero turnovers over a three-game stretch. He's one of the best passers, one of the best decision-makers in the NBA. He leads the league with 10.6 assists per game. That's more than every single other player in the NBA. He has more assists than every single other player in the NBA. His assist-to-turnover ratio is 3.9 assists to one turnover. So 
he's averaging almost four assists for every turnover. Like that's a crazy ratio. And and by the way, he's averaging 20 points per game and 1.7 steals per game. By the way, also on 47% shooting, 39% from three, and 87% from the line. And his team is winning games too. He's the eight seed in the East. So if you're gonna come at you, you best not come at Tyrese Halliburton. He's one of my favorite young players in the NBA. And listen, if he's he's not just a he's not just a you know oh he might be an all star. He is an all star this year. Tyrese Halliburton is an all star this year. You can't lead the league in assists be close to leading the league in assist to turnover ratio, average 20 points per game on a team that's doing very well this year, overperforming expectations, and not be an all-star. So Wally Zerbiak, you better watch your fucking mouth. Okay, Wally Zerbiak, don't you talk about Tyrese Halliburton like that. I love me some Tyrese Halliburton. Ernesto, what do you think about this this Wally Zerbiak-Halliburton situation? Dude, this is equivalent to Brian Scalabrini saying Jason Tatum is not an all-star or some shit like Come on, man. I get it. You had a good NBA career, but like you were nothing more than a role player. Mm-hmm. You were never the star. You were never the main guy on a team. I'm pretty sure you never took the last shot of the game because you weren't the star player of your team. I'm pretty sure you played for the Timberwolves, right? So he had Kevin Garnett on his team. That was probably doing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Like, what do you like? You could say Tyrese Halliburton, yeah, he missed a shot. You don't even have to mention him. You could just hype up Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson without degrading someone else. Yep. And that's, Look, that's did you see did you see Julius Randle and, and, and Jalen Brunson out there today? Mm-hmm. We won, blah blah blah. You could do this. Oh my god, they deserve to be an all-star. They deserve to be an all-star. That's what you do. You don't say, oh, this point out this player does not deserve to be an all-star. Yeah. Just who the fuck are you? Come on, man. Come on, man. Especially when listen, like you said, that's what frustrates me so much about some of the sometimes when we talk about sports, like if we have the you know, the Jordan-LeBron debate, one of us is like, oh, Jordan played against Plumbers. And the other guy's like, oh, LeBron lost in the finals. It's like, you just have to take away from the other guy. Like, you can you can like multiple players and you can just prefer another one. You know, you don't have to shit on someone else because you think somebody else is an all-star. Like, you can't, there's no denying that Tyrese Halliburton is an all-star. You cannot deny that. Like, he is way more of an all-star than Julius Randle or Jalen Brunson is. Like, it's really not close either. So, Wally Zerbiak, just, just chill out. Chill out for me one time, Wally Zerbiak. Don't 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 piss me off like that anymore. Don't come at Tyrese Halliburton because I guarantee you, if Tyrese Halliburton was the point guard of the Knicks, he would be talking about, oh, Tyrese Halliburton's an all-star. I right, shut your ass up, Wally Zerbiak. Don't give me that bullshit. But we're gonna go to another guy who was saying having some crazy remarks lately, and that guy is, is another member of, of one of the best teams in the West, and that's John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. And he was having an interview with ESPN's Malika Andrews. And they were talking about, you know, if John Morant's studying any of the other any of the other teams around the league, and you know, if, if he sees competition basically in any of those other teams around the league. And the first team that he brought to mind was the Celtics. He said the Celtics, and obviously, you know, that's a respectable answer. Celtics are having a great year. But then Malika Andrews goes, Nobody out west? And he says, No, nah, I'm fine out west. I'm good. Like like John Morant has been to seven straight finals and has four titles out west. Like this guy's actually accomplished anything. Hasn't even got to a conference finals yet. And listen, don't get me wrong. I love me some John Morant. John Morant's one of the most exciting young players in the league. He's definitely got to be in the MVP conversation as well, considering that he's tied atop the Western Conference right now. But Grizzlies, you guys talk an awful lot of shit for some team who hasn't won nothing. Like you guys keep talking, and you guys, you, you last time you won the, you, you went to the conference uh, finals. My San Antonio Spurs were in the conference finals, and you guys had Mark Gasol and Mike Conley. So don't give me any of that, you know. 
oh, no one out. We don't, we don't see anyone out west as a threat, which is basically what you're saying right there. So they were in the conference finals last year against the Warriors. No, that was the semis. That was the, that was the semis. Semi. Yeah, that, that was, was the semis. semis. Yeah, the the Mavs were in the uh, conference finals last year because uh, they. Yeah, the, it was the semis with the Mavs and the Suns, and then the Mavs beat the Suns, and then the Warriors beat the Grizzlies, and they played in the conference. I just finals. realized Jonathan was back. I, I didn't know Jonathan was back. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So natural disasters. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, Ja, man, you gotta you listen. You might be that guy, but listen, he, you're, you're talking about you're not worried, and the West is wide open. But you know, you still got New Orleans out there who looks good. Denver looks good. If the Clippers can get healthy, they look good. If Golden State can get it together and look healthy, they look good. Like there's Sacramento even looks good. The Lakers, if they can get healthy, you never know. But uh, smile, I'll go to you on this one, man. What do you think about uh, what do you think about these comments from John Morant? Well. I think John Morant's a great player, but people don't realize that his availability last year wasn't as great as people thought it was. He missed a lot of games in the regular season, but his team won a lot of games. Yep. And he missed the entire, pretty much the entire second round other than the first few games, and that's why they lost that series. A big reason why they lost that series. And, yeah, so I remember Clay Thompson also complaining about the Grizzlies talking smack and all that. After the after the he uh, talked about a tweet that um, I believe Jaron Jackson posted strength mm-hmm. in numbers. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That'd sit well with them, but I think the Grizzlies could get bounced out from a few teams of the West. There's also the Suns. Mm-hmm. The Suns could. Suns too. Right now, it really only looks like the the only thing going for them is Devin Booker. But you know, the Grizzlies aren't a complete team. Obviously, I think they got they also. If Jaws looking at teams in the East only, you should look at the Bucks also. Hundred percent. The Bucks are pretty damn good, and the Cavs. No one talks about the Cavs. Mm-hmm. The Cavs are like they're not the best record, but their roster is really good. Yeah. Like Evan Mobley and uh, Jared Allen at that center and power forward position, that can cause a lot of problems for a lot of teams. No doubt. Yeah. There's a. Yeah, I think part of the reason why Ja didn't mention the Bucks is because they just beat the Bucks by forty. Like, uh, yeah, that was they, it. Also, was poor timing because the Celtics yeah, started losing as well. Yeah, they and they yeah they just beat the Bucks by forty two days before. So like he clearly you know you beat a team by forty you know two days later you're not going to think very much of that team you know so. Yeah. Um, but Ernesto, I'll go to you, man. Like, what do you think about these comments from John ja Morant? Like, is he is is he right to think this way? Like, what do you think about this? I don't have any right to think this way? Excuse my cat. Um, but you don't have any right to think this way because of the simple fact that you haven't made it to a finals. You lost last year to, uh, or two years ago, or last year to the Warriors. How are you going to talk shit about the Warriors or any other team when you lose to them? Mm-hmm. I understand what you're doing because you want to be confident. Obviously, y'all could have probably beat the Warriors if you were healthy. Honestly, I, do. I am a firm believer that it would have been the Celtics and Grizzlies easily. Um, but you cannot um, sit there and bash other teams because guess what? Now you have a bounty on your back. Now you have the major target on your back. And I promise you in the playoffs if the team eliminates you, they're going to mention what the hell they just you just said. 100%. <laughs> they're gonna, you're going to see whoever beats John Morant and the Grizzlies, they're going to be gritty and at half court, they're going to be hitting the gritty and they're going to be talking their shit. I guarantee it because, listen, you can't, you can't talk like that and then not back it up. And I think Jaw's someone who can back it up, but – you can't be out here talking crazy and then go out there and, and lose in the second round again this year. You better be. You better go out there and at least get to the conference finals this year if you're going to talk like that. 
But he's a hell of a player. Yeah, he is. He's a great player. He's one of the most exciting young players in the league. Shout out to him. But maybe, maybe, maybe chill on some of the uh, on on some of the shit talk. Maybe chill on that a little bit before uh, before you get get checked by somebody. Makes for but, good TV, though. Good topic right now. Hundred percent makes for makes for us gives us something to talk about and gives it. Well, hey, we talked about it. Uh, I think it was last week with the with the Pelicans and Suns, the little beef that they were having. Like it makes you look forward to some of those playoff matchups a little more. More like if the Warriors can, and you know, obviously if they can still make the playoffs and get in there and face Memphis, like that's a matchup that I want to see just because of like you were talking about, uh, you know, the, the the all the shit talk that was going on last year, all those tweets, and you know, after they won the championship, the Warriors are bringing up the the Grizzlies, you know, like. That's crazy, you know, like the, yeah. the Warriors are sitting there like thinking about the Grizzlies after they just won a championship. Like that's pretty crazy to me, but yeah, it makes everything more exciting for Play sure. Awesome. And yep, no doubt. And it and it's going to make everything way more exciting. So, but that's going to be it today for the House Call podcast. Thank you guys so much for watching. We hope you guys have an amazing holiday. Spend some time with your families. Um, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. Tell us what we got right. Tell us what we got wrong. We appreciate all your feedback. Um, make sure you go get Liquid IV, 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout, the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast, and you can get 25% off anything you order when you use that promo code. Go get you whatever you want from liquidiv.com. I personally love the watermelon flavor. I need those hydro- I need those electrolytes so much to replenish uh, here in Maui. So uh, be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms at the House Call Podcast, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. Give us give us five stars on Spotify. That's really going to help us out. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. And then we got our blog up as well on uh, www.thehousecall.com. For, and you can go there as well if you want to meet the crew, whatever you guys want to do there. Check us out everywhere. Follow us on our individual social media accounts as well. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Us here at House Call and pretty much everybody else on the planet, we thought that Carlos Correa was going to the Giants on a 13-year, $350 million deal. But... It turned